Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. This is Dan Guttenplan, Managing Editor for FNF Coaches. We're excited about some of the things that we've got going on right now. If you tune in if, or if you visit our website, fnfcoaches.com, we have stories every single day that are timely and related to the way coaches are responding to the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, just today, we posted a story about how coaches are using Zoom video conferencing now to reach their players and connect with them in a different way. Visit fnfcoaches.com for any of those stories. Also, follow us on Twitter, at fnfcoaches. Uh, if you follow that account, we're doing a few giveaways this week. We even are giving away a free drone to coaches who follow us and retweet the our tweet. So if you have an opportunity, we, we recommend you follow us on Twitter. And then follow us every day on the website, fnfcoaches.com, because we have a, a daily post with the three biggest stories that are related to high school football that day. We're starting to work on our technology edition, which is our May, uh, May-June edition, depending on when people go back to school or when coaches are going to be able to get back to their offices. But today, we are thrilled to, uh, to have, as a guest on our podcast, the old coach who we've had a long-standing relationship with. He's been... We've been putting together uh, magazines in Texas with him up until a couple of years ago. We were doing uh, an annual FNF, the old coach FNF coaches magazine. It was kind of a recruiting scouting type magazine where we would highlight the the best players in the state of Texas, as well as a lot of other feature stories around the state. Coach, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Dan, it's an honor to be here with you, my friend. And, uh, you know, the things that's going on in the world today are just totally different. Uh, then uh, when we talked last during uh, the fall, during football season, things have just turned upside down. But uh, I'm glad you reached out. I'm excited about today's show, and hopefully we'll get a few people out there uh, checking in on the OCoach.com and the OCoach Twitter after this. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that is uh, the old coach. I'm on your Twitter actually right now, so let me just make sure we give the coaches the right handle for that. It's Is it at the old coach, or excuse me, at the old coach, right? That's correct, yeah, okay. at the old coach, and the website is the old coach, Tom Henry Edward, theoldcoach.com. Good deal. All right, so visit definitely visit that site if if you if you want to know recruiting in the state of Texas and top prospects and rankings and everything like that, he's your guy. Coach, yeah, you've been doing it for a while and you like you said it's crazy now with everything that's been going on. You said you have a son that's a senior in high school? Actually, it's a grandson. I'm I'm putting my age out there, which <laughs> I don't like to do. I have a grandson. He plays football at Allen High School. Or he played football at Allen High School and uh this was his senior season. Uh, the last season, he also runs track for Allen High School. He's had a very uh, successful high school career, but now everything's been put on hold. Fortunately, before the uh, coronavirus came around, he had already had some offers, like many of the young men in Allen, Texas do, and, and he's committed, signed with Hendricks College out of Conway, Arkansas, and we're excited about that, but but having a uh, grandson and being involved in, with Allen High School athletics, I've, I've really got a handle on things here in Texas, especially in the communities throughout the state. And it is just unbelievable how the UIL, that's the University Interscholastic League, uh, they, they're the governing body for the athletics. And actually, many of the competitions or all the competitions that the schools have within the state of Texas, 
they govern everything from band uh, to poetry to the one-act play uh, to all these sports and athletics. And they were actually in the middle of the Texas high school basketball, the state basketball tournament. They had played Thursday's games and they were up to the third game or it may have been the fourth game of the, of the tournament. And they just suspended play uh, the night before two nights before the uh, NCAA had, had canceled um, their tournament and the NBA had canceled stuff and the UIL, they were had the state basketball tournament in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, and just right in the middle of the tournament, they just canceled everything, put everything on hold. Obviously, back in March, that was early March, they thought, hey, we'll, a couple of weeks, three weeks, we'll come back, we'll finish up. That's not going to happen. And every every school in Texas is shut down at least till May the 5th now. So very, very trying time for all the seniors out there. Uh, all across the nation, but especially in Texas, uh, where a lot of those kids, you know, it's it's real tough for those seniors, but it's also tough for the uh, younger athletes, too. Just think of the baseball, softball, track kids, golf, tennis, all the juniors that were trying to vie for coaches' attention in the spring and, and have a good spring so they could uh, springboard that into maybe a scholarship everything is shut down and it's uh unbelievable what's going on yeah and then a lot of those spring athletes are they just on monday they got granted by the ncaa permission to return to school with another year of eligibility uh and this isn't so much related to football yet but you know obviously the spring seasons are affected uh, with football there's not a lot of um it doesn't look like that's going to happen at all for any colleges. But, you know, it, that, then it's just going to create a logjam with so many kids coming in next year as freshmen. And, but then, you know, maybe juniors and seniors that otherwise might have gone pro or, you know, graduated are going to be back. It just seems like the talent's going to be loaded at the college level. But, um, you know, there's so many problems with this situation in terms of uh, how to kind of balance it out and make it fair for everyone. And it just doesn't seem like there's a win-win situation right now. But hopefully uh, people will be back on the fields before we know it. We'll just look to continue to keep an eye and try to flatten the curve and do our part. No, absolutely. And, you know, the uh, bad part for those high school students, they don't get that extra year of eligibility. So if they're a senior, they just lost their complete senior season for baseball, softball, girls' softball, track, golf, tennis. Uh, I think the swimming and diving were, were over in Texas, and the wrestling had finished, which Allen won another state championship in wrestling this year. And that had finished, but all the other spring sports, those seniors, they really lose out. A lot of seniors are going to lose out on going to the prom. You know, a lot of things that are happening with their senior year. Uh, and so it, it's tough you know, for parents, obviously, but it's tough for those kids too. And uh, who knows what's going to happen? It, the the curve of the uh, virus is uh, still heading up. So we hadn't reached that uh, pinnacle yet. And uh, no telling what may happen, although the NFL is still going to have their draft. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You know, I, but I don't have a problem with that because Right now, all the people, much like ourselves and all the coaches that are listening across the nation and globe, we don't have any sports and athletics. We, we have nothing going on. 
and any little tidbit like the NFL draft kind of gives you something to look forward to and talk about. And a lot of people are going stir crazy. Gyms aren't open. Uh, you can't hardly get out and do physical activities. And it's, it's, it's a tough time. So I, I say good for the NFL. Keep pushing on and, let, and, you know, get us something out there we can watch, listen to at least. Yeah, it's funny. We, we actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, we do a lot with NASCAR too. And I've never been a huge NASCAR fan, but um, to me, NASCAR almost seems to be maybe one of the first sports that can come back because there is a little distancing you could do. You know, it's all individual racers in their cars. You don't really need, um, you know, it's not a full contact sport to the extent where, you know, guys are posting each other up on a basketball court or hitting each other on a football field. So now it's almost like if they can get in a little bit before everyone else, even if you're not a fan of NASCAR, you might be just be so excited to watch sports again and have some type of live competition on TV. That might be a nice window for them to kind of maybe attract some fans they wouldn't otherwise attract. But I want to um, I want to ask you about how all of this is going to affect the recruiting landscape in Texas. But first, I know everybody knows who you are in Texas. You've been around and doing this for so long. But um, I want to introduce you to the rest of our readers uh, or listeners. Um, now, can you can you tell us a little bit about your background as a football coach and then kind of what made you decide to get on into the media side where you were ranking prospects and doing recruiting type coverage? Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, I was a Texas high school football coach for uh, several decades. Uh, I actually ended up coaching for 27 years in public school and then about five years in private schools here in Texas. I was a high school principal. I taught college classes for about 10 years. And in 1999, I actually started the website, theocoach.com. And back when it started, it was just a uh, forum. It was um, an online bulletin board. And I'm sure many of your listeners and readers out there, they don't have a clue what that is. Uh, but back in the day when the webs, when the intro worldwide interweb started, uh, a lot of the uh, websites were just um, uh, community bu- bulletin boards, forums, and that's how the old code started. And it evolved. And in 2007, uh, Bobby Burton of Rivals.com approached me, and I was at that time I was a head football coach at a private school in Frisco, Texas. And Bobby approached uh, my web guy who was running the website for me. And we'd been around since 99. And Bobby knew about the website, knew it was a community for Texas high school football coaches. And Bobby approached me with Rivals.com and offered me a stipend uh, to run the website for Rivals through my URL, theocoach.com. And so with that, I had enough years in to do a retirement for uh, – public education wasn't a great retirement because I got out kind of early but uh, so I started doing the website for rivals.com in around 2009 I started doing uh, camps for rivals and that's when uh, rivals was working with some of the big advertisers and we had the national camps all across the nation we were with the U.S. Army game at that time they were doing it in San Antonio they had the game in San Antonio for years and so we have we were affiliated with the uh, uh, Army game the Army All-American game and I did camps throughout the state for rivals that's kind of how I got started in the media business it was never planned 
Uh, it was one of the uh, opportunities that comes along. You just explore that opportunity. So worked with Rivals for several years. Rivals sold out to Yahoo.com. Eric Winter took over, and Eric was a great guy, but uh, Yahoo was a big corporation. Eventually, I went to Scout.com, worked through them for several years, and, and now I'm back as a standalone independent. Uh, we work the state of Texas. Uh, and we, we not only just do football, we do uh, the other sports as well. Football is our main interest. And the website started out as a coaching community, and it kind of grew into what it is today. And the recruiting aspect came about when I was with, was with Rivals. And, you know, we would do all the rankings, and we'd put it up on the website just for Texas and we were a component of their ranking system and we had the camps and we would go out and we would, you know, see all the best kids throughout the state. And then we would go to the national events as well and see the national kids. And uh, it, it was a fun time. Uh, those days have kind of waned and uh, recruiting's a little bit different now. And, uh, you know, the big companies are all gone except for 24 seven and they're still out there pushing pushing what they do, but uh, it was fun. I enjoy what I do now, and I've kind of evolved out of the media game. I have some uh, very good people that run the website for me. I still, I'm still the owner and publisher, but I have some, some great kids. Like last year during Texas high school football season, we had 50-something uh, young men and women going out to games and covering all the games across the state as we could, and we had you know, a very big presence in, in that world of Texas high school football media coverage, and it's fun doing that. Since that, I've evolved my career into uh, some other media things, as you probably know, but that's my background with the old coach. I was a Texas high school football coach uh, for 27 years and then five years in the in the private sector, and uh, it was great. I enjoyed coaching. Coaching is a calling. As the coaches out there know, you don't do it for, for money. You do it for the love of uh, building those young men and young women into uh, grow, adults and, and watching them go out. And, and, you know, I see that second generation of kids that I taught and coached, their kids coming up now, and I'll, I'll, see, I'll see them sometimes, and they'll have their, their sons or daughters, and they'll introduce me. As, this guy was my coach. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to know that you had an impact and at least a few lives along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of things that you mentioned there kind of hit home because, number one, you know, I work for a small company too, and right now with the current situation, that can be a little stressful or, or, or scary because things are all coming to a halt right now. Number two, uh, you know, when you're doing a website and you're covering sports and there's no sports going on, that's, an, <laughs> uh, that's also stressful. Um, exactly. How is it, uh, now that it's a little bit different for you because you're not covering live, uh, live games as much as you're, you're really trying to find out who the players are that college coaches need to have on their radar. And there's always this, um, thirst for recruiting and scouts and rankings and everything like that. How has your business been affected by this situation? Well, we, we do cover live and during the football season. We actually do more live coverage than anything else. It's, it's kind of goes in the way. So during August through December, we're very much involved in all the Texas high school football events, happenings, games, coverage, rankings, teams, 
uh, as well as the student athletes individually. And then we parlay that into the recruiting season. And so we, we kind of covered whatever's, whatever's going on. That's what we do. Spring football. And, you know, now spring football is probably going to be non-existent in Texas, but uh, we would be big on that. We would be big in covering the seven on seven events. Uh, not sure if they're going to be able to have that this summer, but, but the recruiting aspect still goes on and we're out there uh, working with uh, different groups, uh, talking to different uh, people that have camps these days and, you know, the recruiting, everything's put on hold. Uh, but you, we still get articles up about uh, student athletes and uh, rankings. And so we have a little stuff going on to keep us busy. We do. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. That, we're the same way. We're doing stuff um, kind of on how coaches are adjusting to this. But I think I think you're uh, in a situation where I think the coaches for us may, you know, by the end of every day they're watching the news and they, they might get tired of reading about how coaches should adjust to the coronavirus <laughs> outbreak. And, and then, and then they come over and they read about recruits and that's something they can always enjoy um, right now. But I do want to ask you about you, you had said you're, you kind of made a transition into another form of media and it's kind of appropriate for us. Cause we just started a podcast um, on the Friday night lights uh, football or it's a it's a show that was kind of a hit show from 2005 ish to 2010 and you have gotten into acting as kind of a a post um, media or I guess it is a form of media but you you were featured in major films such as Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained now you see me you were in When the Game Stands Tall which is a football movie and Parkland Uh, so you've had a, a significant acting career here and I, w- I wondered how long when did you start getting into it and was it something when you were in school were you into theater or or did you get into it later in life you know dan i grew up in rural east texas and you didn't think about uh, anything about hollywood or the movies except when you went saturday afternoon to the matinee and watched john wayne or somebody on on the uh, big screen so i had no aspirations And after I had retired from coaching full-time and doing the website uh, and working with rivals, it was during that period of time I was at the gym one day, and and one of my buddies, workout friends, said, hey, coach, man, they're looking for guys like you. I said, what are you talking about? Well, one of our mutual friends who was an actual Dallas police officer uh, had gotten cast in a TV series they were filming in Dallas uh, it was on NBC. It was called Chase. The name of the show was Chase. And and so I was a little intrigued and never, as you mentioned, never had an aspiration of doing it. But my buddy got on it. And that's kind of when I was a little younger and had shorter coach hair and was a little more jacked up. And so I sent him a picture. I got, long story short, I got booked on the TV series Chase. I worked seven episodes as a recurring U.S. Marshal. And that was very enlightening. I enjoyed it. It was here in Dallas. And from that, I kind of parlayed that into working into the uh, feature films that you mentioned. Uh, that was during the time where um, a lot of filming was going on in Louisiana and out of New Orleans and Baton Rouge and Shreveport. And so I went over there uh, for about two years, did that, went to classes, workshops, 
And since that, since 2011, uh, I've been casting over 100 films and projects. So stay busy, love it, do it a lot. I'm cast a lot as a uh, uh, law enforcement. I do a lot of cop, FBI, DEA, and then I do westerns. I ride. I grew up riding and shooting, and so I have a background with weapons, weapons training. I've taught classes, and so I do a lot of law enforcement. Uh, I, I love the business, so that's kind of my story on that, my friend. It's It's been fun. I've been able to meet a lot of people in the business and unlock some stories you hear. Most, if not all of them, are just top-notch individuals and uh, good people to be around. I've had very, very good experiences with some A-list actors and I worked on Django, a great story I tell. I worked on Django for 12 days, and I never got to speak. I was It was called it's a featured role, which was okay, because I was just working in the business. And uh, Tarantino handpicked me and one other guy for a scene with uh, the principal actors one day. And it was, uh, you know, to be able to interact with those guys just up close and watch Sam Jackson and... Uh, uh, Christoph Waltz and uh, Leonardo all worked their craft and watched Tarantino, and it, it, it was just a great experience. And uh, so, yeah, so it's it's fun. I travel a lot. Travel's been put off. The whole business is kind of shut down these days, but uh, it's great. I, I love doing it, and I hope to uh, do it a lot more once this uh, virus gets past us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I love Django Unchained. That's one. That's a great movie. I, um, but I want to ask you about when the game stands tall because great. Yeah, we, I love the film. Yeah, yeah. So we we've been doing a podcast, a weekly podcast, just kind of rewatching Friday Night Lights right now with everything stopped. It's you know it gives us something to talk about on a podcast. But anyway, we've done a couple of episodes, and uh, you know we're around football all the time, like you are, and. Um, it's easy, I think, to sit back and kind of nitpick and say, hey, he doesn't, you know, oh, they had to put in their, their backup quarterback for the number one ranked team in Texas, and this guy does not look like a quarterback, or, um, you know, the football scenes, and it, and I don't want to nitpick because I love the show. The reason we're doing it is because we love the show the first time we watched it, and it was and we wa- we were happy to go back and watch again. But I think it's really easy if you're a football person to be like, oh, you know, why would they call this play on third and 15? Like that would never happen when they had when you were on the set. Did they ever consult you to find out, like, does this make sense from a football perspective or did you ever provide your input? Hey, like, you know, this would never happen. Let's 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 straighten this out a little bit. As a matter of fact, that is exactly what happened. And I was very fortunate. Uh, My the uh, casting director, or actually my agent, uh, had gotten a had gotten a breakdown, and so the casting director uh, wanted my football resume as well as my acting resume when they were casting. I got cast as the offensive coordinator, Coach Allenbaum, and th- this is based on a book about uh, you know the uh, the De La Salle football team out in California. And so they're, the characters are real. They're, they're real people. And so I got to um, uh, be cast as the offensive coordinator. Michael Chiklis was the defensive coordinator. And Jim Caviezel was the head football coach. And those two guys are class acts. 
great people to work with. And so the production, the, the uh, main producer of the film knew that I was a coach. They had my resume. And so I was very involved in helping set up a lot of the drills and, and help give tips and yeah. And so it, the great part about that, I was being able to act and I was being able to coach and two, two things brought it all together in that one film. And so great experience, great time on set. We filmed it outside of new Orleans. They were there for 35 days. I worked on set for 28 days and um, it, it was a fun time. So yeah, they did. And I got to give input and, um, if if you've never seen the film, you need to go watch it because it's it's done very well. Good family film. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that. I haven't seen the movie, but I love uh, I love football movies, so I'm going to. Well, a, a funny story about Friday Night Lights. So I I also do the play by play broadcast for Allen Eagle football. So when I when I started working with rivals and got out of coaching full time, uh, one of the things I was going to do on the uh, internet through the portal of the yocoach.com is to broadcast uh, football games, high school football games, and develop a little portal where people could go there and listen to a variety of games if they couldn't get to the games. And so I picked up uh, Allen High School in 2010. I started broadcasting all the Allen games. So I've seen every Allen football game, including all the games Kyler Murray has played, uh, four state championships, and uh, we've won – uh, gosh, so many games, it's hard to remember, 130-something games in the last uh, 10 years, but it's been a great experience doing that. So one of the early games when we built the new stadium in 2012, the $60 million high school football stadium we have, one of the um, people up in the press box, and I, you know, I'm up in the press box getting ready to do the games and, and uh, up there, and so I'm kind of milling around before – and one of the guys introduces me to uh, a character out of Friday Night Lights. And the character's name is Buddy Garrity. And Brad Leland is the actor. And he lives in Allen, Texas. And so my, our mutual friend introduced me. As, he said, this is Buddy on Friday Night Lights. Well, I'd, I hate to tell you this, Dan, but I never watched Friday Night Lights when it was on because I got that coach thing going and I watched kind of a part of a couple of episodes and I'm going, well, that's not even what we do, you right. know, yeah, yeah. same thing. You're, you know, you're being, I'm, I'm being that coach and going, well, you wouldn't do that. That's that. All that is, is just a uh, soap opera. And so I met Brad in the press box and he said, yeah, I'm Buddy Garrity on uh, Friday Night Lights. And Brad is from Plano, Texas. He played high school football, and they won a state championship when he played in Plano. And I said, okay. He said, do you watch it? I said, no. I said, I, I don't watch that show. I said, it's not really about high school football. And so uh, Brad and I are good friends now. That's the first time we met. But since then, I have went back, and I started watching it because I've, I've become more interested in – uh, the semantics of production and and watching actors and as opposed to just being interested in in a show and you know I really think Kyle Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton and uh, a bunch of those young young men that was on 
uh, Taylor and Zach Guilford and some of those guys that were on the show. Jesse Clemens is another guy, a uh, Texas guy, grew up here that I've met. And uh, the, actually, the show is so good. Peter Berg, the director, did such a, a good job of being able to incorporate some of Texas high school football. It's not really what it's like, but being able to incorporate it in a way that it, it brought the storylines to life. And so I've become a fan of the show. I really have. I think the acting was good. Writing was excellent. So uh, I'm glad you're doing that. I'm going to have to catch up with you guys on your podcast about Friday Night Lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're only two uh, episodes in, so it would be easy to catch up at this point. Uh, but we're going to do it every week. So, um, you know, definitely jump in now while we're, while we're still young in the process. But, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's an entertaining show, and the characters are, are – um, they kind of are appealing and, you know, draw – there's good character development, and you get into it. But, uh, you know, if you're really looking to get, like, the football side of things, I would recommend um, – Last Chance You is a good is a good show for that kind of behind the scenes look at what's going on and um, obviously the NFL has uh, hard knocks which is pretty realistic I think the the coaches get last cut on that but it's also pretty realistic but um before I let you go I want to ask you one question uh, because I did I, as I mentioned we're we're starting to work on a technology themed edition and. Um, I know it's a it's it's a lot different. It gets it's different every year with you know sideline replay and drones and end zone cameras and um, all the new technology that they have the GPS technology in college now where they're managing workload that way. How how have you seen technology impact the high school game? And is there anything like the you keep hearing you know with with this coronavirus outbreak that it's going to change the way we do things. Uh, forever, you know, in terms of shaking hands, maybe it won't be as prevalent or people will start video conferencing more. Is there any way that you see this changing the way that we use technology in coaching? Well, you know, you mentioned it early on about the Zoom and, and coaches are are using that tech, tech technology right now to reach out to their athletes that they can't contact uh just like coach buchanan up at hendrix college getting getting in hold of my my grandson so i believe that the uh you know of course you never know what direction but right now i think that a lot of people have learned that they can work from from home they can do a lot of things at at out of the house as opposed to going at going in every day and if you've never been a Texas high school football coach or if you've never been in the grind of being a college coach, it's a grind. And you spend a lot of time, a lot of hours in that field house, in that coach's office with a lot of guys and, you know, you develop relationships. And that's the biggest thing that I missed out of not coaching was those relationships. And I always say life is about relationships. Uh, you develop that as a coach. You develop it with your your staff, the people you work with every day, and you develop it with your players that you come in contact with every day. So I know the social distancing is, is part of the element that we're going to have to, uh, you know, fill out. We're going to have to see where all this goes. But I would hate to miss that personal relationship 
and people have went to their devices. You see it in restaurants. You see it everywhere you go. People more engaged with their phones and devices than they are talking to other people and interacting. Well, I think this coronavirus has put a lot of people at home where they've had to interact and talk to their families and kids and maybe even their their spouses or, or significant others in ways they haven't for years. And so although the virus is bad, we got to take the bad and try to make something good out of it. So maybe it will, will allow us to have a way to um, slow down a little bit with the technology, uh, put personal relationships back into the fold and um, see where that goes. As far as the uh, video conferencing, you know, that, that was a thing uh, that was uh, happening anyway. I think it's just going to be acerbated and used a whole lot more now uh, because of the virus. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all different, and we're just going to have to monitor and adjust. I always said the best football coaches were the ones that could monitor and adjust, not at halftime, but every play, every down, every series, they're out there deciding what's best, what next move to make. And I think our government's doing that. Uh, we're trying to, to do the best they can. And uh, I, I'd, I'd like to see the country come together a little bit more in, in supporting the government and, and what we're trying to get done. And they don't have to agree on politics, but uh, they should agree that, you know, we're, we're in this together whether it's in New York or Texas, New Jersey, Florida, California, Washington, you know, we're, we're all Americans and we all live in the United States of America and we need to pull together to get through this. And, and once we do that, then we'll just see where it goes from there. Right on coach. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I, I think that's a good message. I think the uh, personal connection hopefully is something that will uh, come out of this as a positive and, um, you know, we're looking, we're, we're looking for good news right now. So that's absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, the, and there is some good news out there. And, uh, I hope the people are listening, the coaches out there are going to able, be able to spend Easter, uh, with their families, if nothing else. So the, there is good news out there, Dan, and, uh, we just got to find it in everything that we, uh, we do every day, be positive and, uh, just, uh, hang on because it's, it's just going to get better. Right on. All right, Coach, people, if if you want to follow the old coach, he is at uh, on Twitter, at the old coach. That's at T-H-E-O-L-D-C-O-A-C-O-A-C-H. And his website is theoldcoach.com. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Dan, I appreciate it. They can go to my Facebook page. Reach out to me on Facebook. It's Carl the Coach Bailey. I put all my acting stuff there. I'd, I'd love for uh, you guys to reach out and, and check out some films and uh, and let me know what you guys think. Man, I appreciate it, Dan. Anytime, buddy. All right. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. 
Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at ForneyIn.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, Ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.